respected person in America is the black woman. The most unprotected woman, person in America is the black woman. The most neglected person in America is the black woman. And as Muslims, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad teaches us to respect our women and to protect our women. And then the only time a Muslim really gets real violent is when someone goes to molest his woman. We will kill you for our woman. I'm, I'm making it plain, yes. We will kill you for our woman. We believe that if the white man will do whatever is necessary to see that his woman gets respect and protection, then you and I will never be recognized as men until we stand up like men and place the same penalty over the head of anyone who puts his filthy hands out to put in the direction of our women. We respect them, but we want them to respect us. We think that the law should respect the Negro community. The law should protect the Negro community. The law should approach the Negro community with intelligence if it expects the Negro community to react intelligently. Shout out to our ancestor, Brother Malcolm X. Hello, beautiful beings, kings and queens. Thank you so much for tuning into the Golden Petals podcast. My name is Marie. My family and friends know me as Mari. I am the creator of the Golden Petals podcast. The purpose of the Golden Petals podcast is to create a space where a variety of topics can be discussed openly in a positive environment. Today, we will be discussing how history ties into the modern day events that we are witnessing. Today, Today's conversation, I am going to request of my listeners that you listen to this episode and this topic with an open mind, an open heart, an open spirit, and open ears. This is one of those subjects that can be uncomfortable and difficult to discuss. But the purpose of the Golden Petals podcast is to create a safe space where these uncomfortable topics can openly be discussed. Um, I really would encourage those who are listening to listen, not to respond, to listen, not to argue, but rather listen to understand. If you are not in a space to do so, then this is not the episode for you. 
and there are plenty other episodes and podcasts that you can turn your attention to. I am not here to argue and I'm not here to be disrespected. So again, before we dive into things, I respectfully request that you listen with an open mind, an open heart, and open ears. So, now that we've got that out the way, 2020 came out the gate swinging and has not let up since what is going on oh my goodness what a year what a year what a year we have been experiencing and what a time to be alive 2020 has been chaotic and overwhelming to say the very very least and we're only in june (laughs) we are only in june in january of 2020 we woke up to world war three trending on twitter because of the inflammatory political discord on an international level that was further escalating already existing tensions We lost the legendary Kobe Bean Bryant at the age of 41 years old alongside his daughter, Gianna Bryant, who was only 13 years old, and seven other souls who were on that helicopter on that very tragic day. We have also dealt with Australia wildfires, the locusts swarming in Africa, the coronavirus pandemic this has been such a worldwide issue and this worldwide quarantine in 2020 the pentagon has finally confirmed what we already knew about the existence of ufos and intelligent life outside of us We also dealt with murder hornets. Where did that come from? (laughs) And racial tensions are at a boiling point and we are in real time witnessing a revolution. So again, we are only in June. Let's begin with a history lesson. More, M-O-O-R, means black. The Moorish flourished in ancient civilizations, and oftentimes there is a deliberate attempt to erase this history from being on record. The Moors saved Europe from the Dark Ages, The Moors traveled to Europe around 711 AD and ushered in the Renaissance. The Moors taught mathematics, reading, they taught the Europeans how to bathe, and created what is called corrals, teaching them to put the animals outside the home because the Europeans were allowing the animals in the home. This is where chicken pox, the measles, and influenza come from. 
because the Europeans were allowing their animals in the house and even in some instances sleeping alongside their animals. And it was the Moors who introduced domestication of animals and separating animals from being inside to being outside. Who taught da Vinci what he knew? It was a Moor. Ludivicio Sforza. This Moor was da Vinci's mentor. You know, Beethoven was black with a capital B. His mother was a Moor. It is not a coincidence that there is a blackout of this information and all this history. In the original paintings of Jesus and the disciples, they were Moors. If you look at the original paintings of the Virgin Mother and baby Jesus, they were Moors. Jesus was black. I'll say it again. Jesus was black. <laughs> the scripture says hair of wool, skin of bronze. Revelations 1, 14 through 15. Furthermore, look at the geographic location of where he was born, lived, and executed. They have miles of storage under the Vatican of all this religious history that they want erased. All of the cathedrals that you see are of Moorish architecture. There are many cathedrals in Ethiopia which influenced the architecture of cathedrals in Europe. But when they show you Africa, they don't want to show you the best parts. They want to show you the worst parts. They want to show you stereotypical mud huts, poverty, and starvation. They don't want to show you the original castles the Moorish built, the wealth or the thriving success that exists. And all of that is intentional. That is a part of the programming to erase information and knowledge and connection of who we as black people really are. They don't want you to know who you are because then they can't tell you who to be. Our history did not start at slavery. We were royalty before we were slaves. Research our history before slavery and see why so much is intentionally hidden. I recommend everyone of all colors watch the documentary Hidden Colors, especially all black people. Everyone should watch it, but if you're black, you should especially watch it. The documentary series, Hidden Colors, that is a good place to start. They don't want you to know who you are because then they can't tell you who to be. Anti-blackness is a global issue. That is why in this modern day and age, as the revolution takes off, you see across the world so many countries protesting in support of George Floyd and the Black Lives Matter movement. Because there have been millions 
of George Floyd's, Sandra Bland's, and Breonna Taylor's worldwide. Anti-blackness is not only a United States issue, it is a world issue. Anti-blackness is not only a race issue, it is a humanity issue. We are all God's children. We are all created in his image. Yet we are all not treated the same. This is an issue of morality. It is deeper than politics. This issue seeps into many different areas of life, affecting more than the eye can see. There is erasure of our true imprint on this planet. There is erasure of language. There is erasure of our identity. There is erasure of our contributions. There is erasure and hijacking of our culture. There is erasure of our roots. There is erasure of our voices. There is a constant attempt at the erasure of our existence. Still we rise. Still we prevail. Still we fight. Still, we exist. Still, we make something of nothing. Still, we smile. Still, we laugh. Still, we invent. Still, we create. Still, we move forward. The United States is not so united. America is one country, but feels like two different worlds based on the color of your skin. Your pigmentation does have an effect on your experience. The way this system is designed, these differences are so profound. So many people who don't experience it don't believe it. To our white counterparts, your experience is not the measuring tool to validate the experience of others. White privilege is the byproduct and child of white supremacy. And white privilege doesn't mean you had it easy. That's not what white privilege means at all. Everyone struggles with hardship, trauma, setbacks, and challenges. White privilege means that there is not a certain set of obstacles that you have to endure because of the color of your skin. It is a privilege to learn about privilege. It is a privilege to be oblivious to this privilege. It is a privilege to deny and reject this privilege. So let's just briefly touch on some of the many examples that exist. If a white person is approached or pulled over by the police, they have the luxury of the benefit of the doubt. 
versus black people, we are guilty until proven innocent. Our white counterparts have the luxury of explaining. They can say, officer, I'm so sorry I was speeding. I have a family emergency. Some folks even talk back or get snappy with officers and they don't have the same repercussions that we do. When a black person simply drives past the police, a different sensation comes over our entire body. And we are scared that if we get pulled over or approached that this is the last thing that may happen to us. Because even when we comply, listen, and follow instructions, we still have a higher chance of being beaten, framed, or killed. We don't have the courtesy of explaining our circumstance because the majority of the time they don't care. They have a quota to fill. And no, they can have an ego trip on us and our voices won't be heard if we live to speak on it. Tanya McDowell, a struggling black mother who lied about the school district she lived in so her six-year-old son could go to a better school. She was sentenced to five years in jail for doing this. We all know a mother's love is unconditional. Mother would do anything, mothers will do anything to provide a better life for their children. Felicity Huffman, a white woman, wealthy actress. She paid $15,000 to cheat her daughter's way into a better college. She was only sentenced to 14 days in jail. Brock Turner, a white young man with evidence and witnesses only served three months out of a six-month sentence for raping a woman. Khalif Browder, a young black man spent three years in Rikers Island, and I'm not even going to call him a man because he was a child at the time. Khalif Browder spent three years in Rikers Island without being convicted of a crime. He was arrested on suspicion, not evidence, suspicion of stealing a backpack. And during his three-year incarceration, he spent one year in solitary confinement. And after he was released from prison, he killed himself. The system is not only designed to oppress us physically and financially, but emotionally and mentally as well. There is no real consequence for the consistent abuse of power that takes place within the system or the police force, which is why so many bullies with badges continue to run rampant. Not all cops are bad, we know this, but we have a very real problem and a very real pattern for those who are in law enforcement to abuse their authority. 
What good are a few good apples in a rotting basket with moldy fruit? They do heinous things because they can and see little to no consequences for their actions. Then when we speak on these issues, our voices fall upon deaf ears. Why do black people always have to play the victim in the race card? That's gaslighting at its finest. Gaslighting is a manipulation tactic used to minimize the emotions, thoughts, and concerns of someone to avoid accountability and acknowledgement of an uncomfortable truth. Racism is a rampant and alive disease in America. Whether it is obvious or covert and disguised as microaggressions, America doesn't know how to function without exploiting or oppressing a group of people. Let's take a history lesson. When the colonizers first arrived here, it was not the pilgrims and the natives broke bread and lived peacefully amongst each other. No, the natives were minding their business on their land when colonizers arrived and kicked them out of their own domain, pushing natives through the Trail of Tears where natives were forced to migrate west. And this was not in the era of automobiles and airplanes. They couldn't catch a Southwest flight from the East Coast to the West Coast. They were on foot. And a donkey goes a lot slower than a Toyota Corolla. Their resources and land were stolen. They were killed either by violence or smallpox and diseases that the Europeans carried, or they simply did not survive the voyage of the Trail of Tears. The description is in the name. In South Dakota, a sacred mountain to the natives named the Six Grandfathers Mountain it was a sacred mountain of the Lakota tribe in 1890. The U.S. Army massacred the Lakota people, which illegally broke a treaty that they made with the tribe to never occupy these mountains. After killing the tribe, they carved the white faces of George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, Theodore Roosevelt, and Abraham Lincoln and it is now known as Mount Rushmore. The natives suffered mass genocide. Then you have the kidnapping of black people from Africa, treated like cattle to be abused, enslaved, oppressed, and killed in America. Black people have been constantly terrorized. Slavery itself was never abolished. It is very much alive and has simply changed form. 450 years of systemic oppression. 
1619 to 1865, slavery. 1865 to 1964, Jim Crow. 1968 to present, you have redlining, mass incarceration, mass incarceration, which is modern day slavery and police brutality. All of this and people want to complain about looting and riots. People are more upset at the destruction of property, which is replaceable than the constant loss of life, which is irreplaceable and irreversible. We are literally saying black lives matter and being told, but doubt, prejudice and imperfection being accepted as a justification for death, which is irreversible. You have sick individuals who are not only okay with this, but they get off on it. Treating our realities like trauma porn to satisfy their ego and comfortability. Injustice is a story on repeat that has echoed for centuries and we are tired of singing the same song. It is bigger than George Floyd. We are still crying tears for Emmett Till. We are still crying tears for 14-year-old George Stinney, a 90-pound black boy given the electric chair on false charges that were overturned 70 years after his execution. We are still crying tears for the four little girls in 1963 in the Birmingham church that the KKK blew up. We are still crying tears for Trayvon Martin. We are still crying tears for Tamir Rice. We are still crying tears for Sandra Bland. We are still crying tears for Tony McDade. We are still crying tears for Philando Castile. We are still crying tears for Eric Garner, for Sean Bell, Breonna Taylor, Oluwotoyin Salau, and the countless lives lost to the system because this has been an epidemic before hashtags, cameras, and the internet were invented. Last week alone, we lost more lives to racism and hate crimes. Nakia Crawford, an 18-year-old young woman in Ohio who just graduated high school, was in the car with her grandmother. As they were at a red light, a white man approached the vehicle and opened fire, killing her. Malcolm Harsh, where over Fuller's bodies were both found hanging from trees less than 50 miles apart in California. You have a man and another teenager, two separate cases in Houston, who were lynched. You have a pregnant woman in South Africa who was stabbed and lynched. The audacity to suggest suicide. The audacity to say no foul play. The audacity to not arrest, convict, and put away the psychopaths who commit these things. People are losing their lives every day and you want to complain about looting? One, do not tell people how to navigate through something you have never been through. In the words of Huey Freeman, I have no patience for white people trying to lecture us on how to respond to oppression in the comfort of their own privilege. 
two, the definition of loot is a noun and a verb. Stolen goods taken from an enemy in war. Black people, we are loot. We are the descendants of the slaves they could not kill. And those slaves are the descendants of royalty in Mother Africa that were stolen. 450 years of oppression and you still want us to turn the other cheek in the midst of our pain for the sake of your own comfort and convenience. 450 years and you still want us to remain peaceful when our cries, pleading, art, and attempts are drowned out by the sound of injustice, entitlement, and dismissed by blissful ignorance. We are asking for equality. Equality, not revenge. And be grateful that that's the case. Why can't you be more like MLK? Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. was peaceful. Yeah, that's true. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. was peaceful and he was still assassinated. He was still assassinated. Despite practicing and preaching peace. Research his case. It was not the bullet that killed him. He was smothered while he was in the hospital. And Mrs. Coretta Scott King won a civil case against the government in the 90s. I want people to research because the things that they teach us in school and what they tell us on the news cannot be our sole source of information. They call it television programming for a reason. Because they are trying to program your mind. It's okay to ask questions. It's okay to think outside the box. It's okay to go beyond the information that you are spoon fed and beyond the information that you are given. It's okay to ask questions. They're not going to tell you everything because they don't want you to know everything. I encourage everyone to research. J. Edgar Hoover, the head of the FBI, when he was asked what is the biggest threat to America, his response was Negro unity. It's not a coincidence that after that, Dr. King and Malcolm X were assassinated. Two strong, powerful black men who had major influence. They had different approaches, but the same goal, which was the empowerment, the elevation, and the advancement of black people. Our people were listening and following suit. It was powerful and they never, ever, ever wanted that to happen again. Look at what they did to the Black Panther Party, which was founded to protect, support, and feed our community. They shot and killed Fred Hampton, the chairman of the Chicago Black Panther Party, while he was asleep in his apartment next to his woman who was pregnant with their child. And the police still go to shoot up his grave to this day. 
the disrespect. They have such a deep hatred for us and an obsessive need to control us. And not only were individuals on the front lines for the plight and advancement of our people assassinated or imprisoned, it's not a coincidence that crack was introduced into our communities not too long after the civil rights movement. That's not a coincidence. There is so much intention on keeping these systems in place to keep black people down, divided, and separated. Before Dr. King's assassination, he said, and I quote, I've come upon something that disturbs me deeply. We have fought hard and long for integration, as I believe we should have. And I know we will win, but I have come to believe that we are integrating into a burning house. I'm afraid that America has lost the moral vision she may have had. And I'm afraid that even as we integrate, we are walking into a place that does not understand that this nation needs to be deeply concerned with the plight of the poor and the disenfranchised. Until we commit ourselves to ensuring that the underclass is given justice and opportunity, we will continue to perpetuate the anger and violence that tears the soul of this nation. I fear I am integrating my people into a burning house. End quote. The house is on fire. The country is on fire. And let's not forget about our brown brothers and sisters and these innocent brown babies that are in cages and modern day concentration camps labeled as immigration detention centers where thousands of children are going missing. Children are being sexually abused by staff. People are being abused and forced to live in horrendous inhumane conditions. This is not patriotic. This is domestic terrorism and immoral behavior. This is sociopathic and pathologic psychotic behavior on a legal scale. Legal is not synonymous with moral. And just because it's legal doesn't make it right. People say all the time if they lived during the Holocaust, what they would have done. How you are responding to modern realities of many today is what you would do. The same thing is happening now to a different group of people. The hypocrisy is astounding. The entitlement and ego is off the charts. Police brutality is one aspect of systemic racism. Systemic racism shows up in education, housing, public health equity, hiring discrimination, sexual harassment, colorism, and so much more. Black people, we are at so many different wars. In the words of the hood healer, if you're black, you're under attack. 
This is spiritual warfare and the price is your soul. This is spiritual warfare and the price is your soul. Move in integrity and with spirit. They are not playing fair. The price is your soul. There is spiritual warfare, educational warfare, medical warfare, economic warfare. We weren't allowed to integrate. So when we attempted to build our own, it was destroyed. Black Wall Street in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Founded in 1908, destroyed in 1921. 600 businesses, 21 churches, 21 restaurants, 30 grocery stores, two movie theaters, six private airports, a hospital, banks, post office, law offices, a bus system, and more. Bombed, riots burned to the ground by the KKK. Seneca Village, where Central Park is in New York now. Seneca Village was acres of land owned by black people. It was a community where free black working class citizens had churches, schools, cemeteries. And when the settlers came in 1857, they ordered them to leave their homes and tore down the community to build what is known today as Central Park. Both clear acts of attacks on the building of our community, crippling us to become dependent on a system outside of our own. Medical warfare. Did you know that black women are 234% more likely to die in childbirth than their white counterparts? We are not treated with the same care. Our concerns are dismissed and disregarded and our bodies have been treated like experiments for centuries. Beyond slavery, you know the Tuskegee experiments where black men were intentionally and deceitfully being infected with syphilis and other diseases when being told they were being given vaccines. You also have Henrietta Lacks, a black woman in Maryland who had cervical cancer. They harvested her cells without her permission. They saw her DNA and cells are resistant to certain diseases and her cells kept multiplying even when removed from her body. And these very cells were the foundation for the polio vaccine and breakthroughs in modern day medicine. Her cells generated millions of dollars for the healthcare industry, yet her family never saw a dime. Our bodies have been treated like cattle and we are the prime targets for organ harvesting and sex trafficking. The black market is a real thing. The movie Get Out is for real. 
It's not a coincidence. We are the highest population with missing persons. We are the most vulnerable. Economic warfare. Hiring discrimination, redlining, public housing, and economic oppression. Living in underfunded and under-resourced neighborhoods. It's not a coincidence that these lower income neighborhoods are placed next to or in industrial sites. Using property taxes to determine education funding, that's not a coincidence. And when you have these homes around these industrial sites where there is toxic air pollution, which then plays into adverse health effects and conditions, we know what that's a recipe for. Chemtrails over predominantly black and brown neighborhoods releasing contaminants that purposely contain chemicals, chemicals that create adverse reactions in the black and brown community. There is a direct correlation with the education to prison pipeline. Underfunded, under-resourced areas creating lack of opportunities and options in heavily policed areas funneling lives to the concrete jungle known as prison. Prison is a billion dollar industry. Today, there are more blacks in the US in jail than there were in slavery before 1850. And slavery is not just systemic, it is mental, psychological warfare. As the hood healer says, get the white man out your head Conquer the white man in your mind so you can conquer the white man in the world. You have some black and brown folks who are more interested in white approval than black advancement. Not all skin folk are kin folk. I'm gonna say that one more time. Not all skin folk are kin folk. Let me say this to those of us who remain silent and complicit to not ruffle feathers of their white counterparts. Let me say this to those of us who have disowned, disconnected, and rejected their blackness, their brownness in the name of assimilation and pleasing their white counterparts. Let me say this to all my non-white people who support political parties that exploit underserved communities and people to uphold the status quo. You will never be one of them. You can scream their ideologies from rooftops and represent their political parties. You will never be one of them. No matter how much you downplay who you really are, no matter how much you disconnect yourself from the culture and your own people, 
No matter how much you listen to their music, watch their movies, hang out with them, create families with them, and talk down on others who don't look like them, no matter how many degrees, titles, and successful accolades you maintain, no matter how much you dress like them, no matter how much you talk like them, no matter how much you move like them, no matter how much you talk down on other black and brown people, no matter how much self-hatred you embody for their love and acceptance, you will never be one of them. Stop shrinking yourself to fit in a space that wasn't meant for you in the first place. Because the moment you no longer are of use to them, they will dispose of you so fast. That's why so many black and brown folks have compromised their character, integrity, and morals to accommodate the company they keep. Because the moment you start to embody who you are, who you really, really are, and the greatness you were created to be that is not attached to them, you think they will let you go, which is why you shrink and cling to what is familiar. But what is familiar is not always right. Psychological warfare. Slavery is not just physical, it is also mental. Mental slavery and the tactics used for the mental conditioning and control that has psychologically hijacked many for centuries. In the Willie Lynch letter, and the making of a slave. He breaks down the way that they mentally conditioned slaves back in the day. And you have a lot of that conditioning that is still present to this day. That is how strong psychological warfare and white supremacy is. That things that took place 400 years ago still show up centuries later. Willie Lynch was a slave owner and his whole method was dividing black people against other black people. He was the one who came up with uh, that nonsense, uh, the house. Hold on, we're, we're about to get into it. Let me stay on track. He is the one who came up with house slave versus field slave and causing slaves to compete for the slave master's approval so they can get somewhat better treatment preference or an extra scrap of food or what have you sleeping inside the house as opposed to sleeping outside or in slave quarters he was the one who came up with that nonsense light skin versus dark skin the light-skinned slaves getting treated better than the dark-skinned slaves to this day you still see that light skin versus dark skin nonsense we're all black it doesn't matter if you have fair skin and quote unquote good hair, which I never liked that term anyway, because all black hair is good hair. Doesn't matter if it's 4C. 
It doesn't matter if it's 4C and non-Eurocentric. It's still beautiful. Then we also have to talk about the realities of colorism. Because even though we are all black and exposed to oppression, we have to keep it real. Our darker skinned brothers and sisters, they have to go through extra obstacles and blocks that light-skinned folks don't have to go through. It's all wrong. It's all wrong. It's all wrong. We have to come out of this internal division and stick together. And when we say Black Lives Matter, we need to include our LGBTQ brothers and sisters in the conversation. They are the most vulnerable members of our community because they face danger both within and outside the community. We need to move past judgment, move past conditioning, move past misogyny and homophobia and stand together no matter how we identify or who we love. The black diaspora is huge. We are all over the world, practice so many different religions and come from so many different backgrounds and walks of life. But black is black and we need to love on each other. We cannot afford to be at war with each other. We are dealing with generational trauma. What we are dealing with is generational trauma. Resma Minikim, in his work, Notice the Rage, Notice the Silence, he talks about trauma on a cellular level. Since we have been dealing with high levels of stress from multiple angles, that raises the cortisol levels in our bodies. Cortisol is a chemical that your body releases under stress. We have extremely high levels of cortisol levels in our nervous systems. And that is going to have an impact on our bodies. It's not normal for us as black people to not feel safe every time we walk out the house. Yet that's our reality. We have a predisposition to anxiety and depression because of what we have endured for centuries. When you have a pregnant woman with high cortisol levels in her nervous system, she's teaching the nervous system of the baby. She's teaching, not teaching, but high cortisol levels in a mother is going to have an impact and cause high cortisol levels in the child. And he said something that really 
struck me, he being Resma Menachem, he said, trauma decontextualized in a person looks like personality. Trauma decontextualized in a family looks like family traits. Trauma decontextualized in a people looks like culture. We have to heal on a cellular level and be better for ourselves and for our babies. And I know that that's not an easy thing to do because we're not given a space where we can grieve. We're not given a space where we can mourn. We're not given a space where we can process. It's just go, 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 survive, survive, survive. We have to pinpoint a place where we can interrupt that cycle and love on ourselves and heal on ourselves and the people around us. Because the same way that trauma is passed down for generations is the same way that healing can be passed down for generations. Stop asking the oppressors to set us free because they're not. There's a reason the KKK has not been labeled a terrorist group yet and that they can protest with peaceful police presence. And if we peacefully protest, we're still tear gassed and beaten by police presence. They are protecting themselves. And you know the history of the police was founded on racism. The police were the original slave catchers. That's why the badge is a star because the original symbol represented catching runaway slaves who were following the North Star to freedom. The oppressors infiltrate businesses, politics, hospitals, courthouses, and institutions created to protect their convenience and privilege. Stop asking the oppressors to free us cause they're not. How did the ancestors get free? It wasn't because there was a sudden change in moral consciousness. Ask the ancestors what they did to their masters. They took their freedom. They ran. They beat their masters. They reclaimed themselves. Black people, wake up. It is time to reclaim ourselves. It is time. It is time. It is time. July 7th, blackout day. On July 7th, black people all across the country, all across the world, collectively, we will not be purchasing from anyone or anywhere that is not black owned. We have the highest buying power. Black people have trillions of dollars in buying power. Marching and protesting, that's great and all that, but if you really want to make a change, the best way to inconvenience the man is to inconvenience their pockets. So on July 7th, keep your coins to yourself or within your community. And I want us to mentally 
be prepared to have to be disciplined and go longer and more frequently than July 7th. Remember, the bus boycott during the civil rights movement, it lasted longer than a year. So for us to bring about the change that is much needed and that we really need, be prepared to have to be disciplined because this is just the beginning. Don't fall for the okie doke. A lot of these corporations and businesses, they are releasing statements because they love black dollars, not black lives. Use discernment and analyze if the actions consistently match the words. Self-hate, miseducation, and economic castration are the pillars of division, despair, and complacency. Our freedom is coming, but ask yourselves, what are you going to do with your freedom when you get it? What are you going to do with it when we get it? It's not enough to just get the ball. When we get the ball, we got to hold it. Mentally, emotionally, prepare, come up with a plan. When the freedom comes, what are you going to do to sustain it for generations to come? I love us. I love us. I love us. God sees everything. Scripture says, who was last shall be first, and the meek will inherit the earth. Black is beautiful. Black is beautiful, no matter what they say. Black is beautiful in every shade. I love us. Usually at the end of a Golden Petals episode, I'll end the episode in poetry. Today, I am going to end the episode in prayer. Because we need it. So no matter where you are in your spiritual journey, please open your hearts and say this prayer with me. Father God, thank you for this day. Father God, thank you for the world that you created. Today we humbly come to you because our world needs you, Father God. We need you. There is so much despair. There is so much pain. There is so much suffering, Father God. And we need your light. We need your divine light, your divine love, your divine presence, your divine healing. Father God, they have colonized our land. They have colonized our language. They have colonized our bodies. But they cannot colonize our spirits. 
Father God, we call on the ancestors. We call on the ancestors and we ask that you heal them from all the trauma and suffering that they had to endure and let them be at peace. We call on the ancestors asking for their divine assistance, their divine protection, their divine strength and their divine wisdom as they work with you and your angels to cover this earth. Every space of the earth, every man, woman, and child, and insect, and every space of this planet is in need of your divine strength, your divine love, your divine presence, and guidance, Father God. We ask that you not only heal the generations before us, but the generations to come as well. Cover the future generations, Father God with your love, your peace, your wisdom, your strength, and all good things that reflect you. We ask that you lift this world up in such a heavy time and you bring clarity to such a confusing day and age and that you let truth echo in every valley, every mountain, in every space, and that you may dwell in every part of this planet. These things we say, these things we pray, these things we know in the mighty name of your son, Jesus. Amen. Ashe, Ashe, Ashe. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen. If no one has told you yet today, you are an amazing human being. Feel free to check out all episodes of Golden Petals Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcast, SoundCloud, and ESM Radio. Thank you so much. Sending love and light to everyone on their journey. Be blessed. Trust. <laughs>